Hello and welcome to the On The Whistle podcast. I'm your host, Alistair Howarth, and today we've got another banging interview ahead of the World Cup that is just a few days away. Yes, that's right, from Leicester to Australia via our continent's largest nation. It's Nigeria's Super Falcons defender, Ashley Plumter. Ashley, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks. Great intro, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm just chilling in my room at the minute. We're on the Gold Coast, so I think it's about an hour south of Brisbane. Um, yeah, but no, I'm I'm good. Feel chilled and enjoying the. Even though it's winter here, it's actually the weather's actually really nice. So yeah. yeah what what is the what is the weather like? How how is it? Um, do you know what? It's like in the morning and in the evening. It's kind of cool but in the day it's always been really hot but not like really hot to the point where it's like unbearable it's like a nice heat you know like in England we have in summer when it's really hot it gets really humid and sticky but this is like perfect weather and this is their winter so I can't imagine what the summer's like. (laughs) I'm very jealous over the last few days here in England it has been swinging wildly from kind of tropical storms to miserable cold to unbearable heat and humidity so I'm that that sounds really really lovely well thank you so much for for coming onto the podcast kind of before we get into the world cup we want to cast our eyes a bit further back um to you because obviously kind of born in in Leicester area in England with an English mum Nigerian roots through your dad you know for you growing up what was what was the kind of influence of Nigeria like uh kind of for for Ashley yeah so I like you said I was brought up in England my mum is English my dad is um mom I've got a Nigerian granddad and British grandmother on my dad's side so my dad's like half Nigerian but my dad was also brought up very British um so I didn't really get to experience a lot of like Nigerian culture growing up um, I have some family in London who, like Nigerian family in London, who I saw every so often. And, you know, I had the food and things, but it's not the same as like, you know, going to Nigeria, being around Nigerian people all the time. And I never really was exposed to that. So, um, yeah, for me, it's only been in the last couple of years since I've been on the team where I've really got to like be around Nigerian culture more and um, get to visit Nigeria. And, and I feel like you're quite kind of unique in that respect obviously we see loads of people with mixed heritage which mixed nationality and often it's kind of they play for one team and then they get an offer from another team and they kind of decide to switch allegiances there but for you it was kind of a a really conscious decision wasn't it to actually actually I'm gonna reject not reject my Englishness but I'm not gonna go for that after being a part of the kind of youth setup and stuff but I'm actually actively gonna kind of pursue kind of becoming Nigerian in a sense kind of tell us what what was how did that decision come about why did you kind of go about things that way yeah um I actually did an interview recently to try and describe that the best way I could because I always describe football for me it's not um I wouldn't say my football journey is just a specific football journey it's more of a life journey it's football something that I've always done but I've never really considered myself like I don't know, just a footballer kind of thing. Like, and everything that I've kind of, the decisions I've made in my football footballing career have been more than just for football reasons itself. Like playing for Nigeria, um, it was something that I considered because of the importance and the responsibility I felt I had as an older sister to a younger sister who was a mixed race like me, but looks a little bit different to me. And we spoke about... 
um, our heritage a lot together, but also just I felt the responsibility just being mixed race. And in COVID, I was doing a lot of like watching some like documentaries about Nigeria and West Africa. And I was like, mm, you know what? I've never really like delved into my heritage. And I feel like football's, I've been really lucky because football's given me the platform to have some really cool opportunities. And at the end of the day, I've learned more about myself through the opportunities that I've got through football. So like going to the States to go to university. Um, yeah, I know it was a footballing decision, but it was also a decision I wanted to make from an educational standpoint. And football was kind of like the driving force for me to experience that. And then getting to come back home, playing for Leicester and same thing, like representing something bigger than myself was my home. And then with Nigeria, again, it's the same thing. It's like, for me, yes, I know I'm representing like my national team and I know the the weight that that carries but also for me like just as an individual I'm doing it because I feel like I was meant to like I wanted to learn more about what this would mean for me and what I learn about myself through being a part of the team mm, and that, that's really interesting and kind of do you mind me asking like is, is there also an element of kind of extra wanting to force that through because of kind of you come from a mixed race family, but I know you've spoken a lot about how, you know, oftentimes people just assume you're white. I mean, I say this as a very white person who's wearing my Kenyan rugby top to kind of as a way to constantly prove that I am from Kenya, even even though, even though I don't look like it. You know, is there an, that kind of extra not motivation, but sense of kind of wanting to push that forward? Because actually, you know, and showing that complexity to you, because maybe most people would look at you and not kind of see that Nigerian-ness in you. Mm, yeah, I mean... I like yeah like you said you put it well there like I've always been brought up and people just think oh have you, people say to me all the time oh have you been on holiday oh, they say to me all the time like oh you're so tanned and I'm like okay yeah I do catch the sun pretty well but also it's because I've got Nigerian heritage and they're always like oh wow like I've got so many people say oh I like I didn't expect that I thought you would be like if you was you know from somewhere else that's what people will say if you're from somewhere mm. else i'd probably say you're like italian or something i said no i'm nigerian here. and then i always do you know what i have to do to almost like prove it is like this is a picture of my dad and they're like mm. oh. but like isn't that funny like people were literally basing my their perception of my heritage comes from literally the the tone of my skin you know so yeah. um which like a lot of the time it's understandable I, I think like I mean I've got a British accent um I like people do, if they don't see my dad they wouldn't know but um I think that's the part that's I guess is important to me though is almost like for me it's not about proving to people my heritage or anything like that like even being on the team now like I get some questions from really patriot like patriotic Nigerian fans who you know, they ask me all these questions about what's your favorite night, like Nigerian food and what Nigerian words can you speak? And yeah, I think that's important. Like I'm, there are certain Yoruba words I'm, I'm trying to learn and things and that's all a part of being on the team. But I think sometimes, you know, like whether I'm in England or in Nigeria, I can be questioned almost like it's, you know, like how many answers can I get right? But that's for me, mm. I think that's the whole point of me being here. It's just like, learning you know it really is it's not like I'm trying not to put like pressure on myself or anything in the end of the day I'm just I always like to think that I'm 
just here to be my as authentic as I can be and in that I'll always just try and say as true to myself as possible and with that yeah I'll you know make mistakes I'll say Yoruba words wrong or I'll you know I, I can't dance necessarily very well or sing very well but it's, it's all part of it you know it's not um that's I guess the most fulfilling part is just like this is an experience for me that I'm learning more and more not just even necessarily like I'm, I'm learning a lot just being on the team and being around girls that you know speak pigeon all the time and I'm like <laughs> struggling to understand sometimes but I think as well it's like how being in an environment like this and some of the the great things but also the challenges what am I what what am I learning about like myself like, and I always come back to that it's like what kind of things can I learn about myself in this and what environments am I putting myself into to almost experience as much as I can mm. and to kind of from from our podcast we would say we're really grateful for people like you because like like you said there's no especially in today's world there's no sense of kind of the complex complex complexity sorry of kind of nationality and mm. identity and things like that um and particularly when you come onto like the african continent where you know we have thousands and thousands of ethnicities tribes languages you know but we're reduced to kind of individual countries and then kind of were reduced even further to a continent more often than not because people kind of have complete naivety so kind of well done for kind of pushing past that and kind of still representing that kind of complexity of identity and, and being proud of that instead of shying away from that um, and kind of in that sense kind of you know you've kind of been in and around the team for almost two years now for quite a while do you feel you know how do you feel reflecting on the last two years as being a part of the Super Falcons team? Yeah, I think um, obviously my first camp when I was called up, I was so nervous. Like I, nobody knew me. I didn't know. I know I knew one person, and her name was Inyumatong, and she's was uh, born in Nigeria, but then grew up in England. And I actually didn't know her first. Um, I knew we both had like a mutual friend, and then got in contact, and she she was great with me on my first camp like kind of took me under her wing and you know introduced me to people and stuff and yeah I think yeah it's been a journey because obviously my first camp like I said I was so nervous like I I guess people didn't really know what to expect from me also just like even knowing my intentions of like playing for Nigeria you know I just think um I was very quiet initially I didn't like want to like overstep any mark I was just kind of there just to try and ease myself in and then since then I mean there was a lot of build-up to my first competitive game playing against Ivory Coast um in the AFCON qualifier and yeah I built that up for myself a lot like I was very nervous for that game but it felt great after because the game was in Nigeria the first leg and um the crowd were great um, I remember going back to my room and FaceTiming my family and that was very emotional like it was a lot of build-up to it so since then it's kind of um yeah I feel like since then I feel like you know I've I've had experiences in in like big games now I've gone to my first major tournament which still feels kind of crazy to say and yeah now all of a sudden I'm at a world cup so um honestly it's really hard to put into words because it's gone so quickly but I've had so many 
huge experiences in the time that I've been on the team. Like it's, um, yeah, it's hard to put into words really because you finish one camp and you go back to club and then all of a sudden you're on another camp. And now it's almost like we all know one another. Like it's nice that when people, when we finally meet up again, because we don't see one another until we come on camp. It's not like we all play in the same country, you know, like some of the national teams and yeah, it's nice almost just like coming back together so, and everybody plays all over the world you know like on our team so and I know that's like the case for a lot of other teams but let's say like England I know a lot of the players who play for England and most of them I want to say most of them play in England you know so they'll probably see each other a little bit whereas we mm -hmm. come from everywhere so it's nice when we finally get together again and kind of on that you know experience I want to take you back to to that AFCON experience you know what was that like for you reflecting on that you know a year ago now your first major tournament kind of and, and especially kind of the bigger significance because obviously you came in when the AFCON previous AFCON had been cancelled so there hadn't been one in four years obviously there was a lot of build-up to it you know when you look back on that experience how do you kind of reflect on it yeah it was honestly being in Morocco Morocco hosted the the um the whole tournament brilliantly like I've never been to Morocco before and it was such a lovely country with a lot of history um which I found really interesting um and then yeah the first game we played South Africa and there's a lot of build up to that game because I feel like historically we're probably the two like most successful teams like I know there's a couple of others Cameroon, Ghana, just to mention a few, but like it was a big build up, and I think South Africa had a lot of expectation on them because in the end they ended up winning the whole tournament. So we went into that game and unfortunately lost that game, but it was like obviously there's a lot of pressure on us. So Nigeria have always been the most successful nation on the women's side. So um, it was almost like people expected us to win and we didn't. So that like you start off a major championship like that and you lose then it's a real test of your character to try and get the results in the following games and um and we did that and then to have to then play well when we got let's say for the Morocco game that was after qualifying for the World Cup when we beat um Cameroon Morocco obviously were hosting it and that was like the most amount of people I've ever played in front of I think it was about 40 45,000 people in the stand um, like you could not hear any, I couldn't hear anybody on, on the pitch. Um, but I actually liked, I really liked, I said this before, but like, I really like being the underdog, like coming out and everybody mm. doing us. It just, I actually remember that happening. I just kind of laughed. I was thinking, I can't believe I get to play in this. Like everybody like wants you to lose, but almost like, obviously there's a lot of pressure, but it almost takes the pressure off in a way. And then when we went down to nine players, it's like, my goodness, you know, we, like nobody expects us to be able to win now. But I, it's a, honestly, that was probably my favourite game. Um, only because it felt like, you know, nine players that, and we still had like 30 minutes of regular time. Then we had like, what, extra time. Then yeah, full extra time. And I felt as if, I still felt, even though we were down to nine plays, I still thought we could win. Not in like a, an arrogant way. It was more like a, a feeling because we had this like real strong sense of camaraderie. Like, okay, we're, we're down here, but like we have nothing to lose. So let's just go for it. So I, honestly, I still thought we could 
get the result. And then when it gets to penalties, it's like, you know, it's anybody's game. But I think, you know, I think we won the hearts of a few people in that game because I don't think many people has expected us to be able to get to penalties and, and we did. Um, so honestly, that was the highlight, even though it's a game that we lost. That was my most like memorable game at the tournament, even more so than the game when we qualified for the World Cup. I just felt like for me, that's what football is about. It's like all the emotions. It's about like coming together, it's having decisions go against you, but still having the resilience to to continue going and trying to fight for something. It was um, oh, great experience. Well, I, I'm I'm just sitting here in awe that you're talking about how you came out to that stadium kind of smiling and kind of almost <laughs> laughing to yourself because kind of for those who've not seen or kind of that game, I implore you to look at the highlights or see the whole match if you can, because I still maintain this. I think this is the most hostile and kind of best atmosphere I think ever in a women's football game anywhere in the world, kind of, yeah, 40, 50,000 Moroccans. And, you know, we saw at the men's world cup, Moroccan fans are not kind of fun and loving and gentle fans. You know, they're passionate. They're booing every single touch. They're whistling every single player. I kind of, yeah, I was sitting, sat in the press box and I couldn't even speak to the person next to me. I can't even imagine how hard it was kind of being on that pitch, trying to, yell at each mm. other to try and get each other's attention let alone play so i mean fair play to to you kind of kind of getting through that because yeah and again being down to nine nine players and you almost did win it. i mean i remember seeing uh was it monday gift with that amazing shot right at the end and it, it was kind of cannoning off the crossbar um so yeah yeah you've certainly won a lot of respect from that because that was a sensational game definitely the best game i've ever been to in my life um I, and kind of how do you feel in terms of that? Because obviously, again, you're going to be playing the host nation at the World Cup because obviously you're in Australia's group. I very much doubt that the atmosphere will be quite so intense. Um, I don't think there'll be any flares in kind of in Australia and certainly not as much whistling or kind of passion. You know, I hope I'm proved wrong. Um, <laughs> but, you know, how do you feel like, do you feel like that experience of being in kind of, again, what I would say is the most intense atmosphere in, in football has prepared you kind of given you a bit of kind of experience resilience like you said to play against kind of not just a big team but a big team away from home where the expectations aren't on you um, mm. um yeah i know exactly what you mean i think i feel like different places have different responses to this question but for me personally i don't feel like anything can ever really prepare me for the next game no matter what it is so like Obviously, I've played in front of those Moroccan fans, but I think on a different day, I might have come out and felt, like, terrified. It just, honestly, it depends on the day, and I can't prepare myself for that. I feel like what I've learned is, like, this sport has given me so many experiences of so many different emotions, and I... Almost like I just try and allow it. So like with the Australia game, I don't know how I'm going to be. Um, I don't know. Obviously, like you said, I don't know what the crowd's going to be like. Like you said, the, that Moroccan game was something I don't know if I'll ever experience again. But um, yeah, I think going out, even if there's like more fans at this game um, against Australia, it's really, it's, for me, it's really hard to predict how I'll be. I think at the end of the day, it's just how I turn up on that day 
and how I feel is it, like I don't think having the experience, the previous experience of playing in that necessarily helps me. I think I've just been through it and I'll go and uh, go in front of the same kind of, you know, opposition crowd and see how it goes. I know that's not necessarily like a great answer, but that's kind of how I am. I just, I don't think I could ever be prepared in that sense. Hmm. No, absolutely. And, and kind of the other thing that came out of that WAFCON that I think, I don't know if you were surprised about it, but we start, I certainly was, was you kind of ending up playing, playing left back, um, kind of instead of a center back, you know, what was, what was that like? Are you expecting to play again at the world cup? You know, how, how do you feel? Do you feel like you're kind of reinventing yourself as a kind of attacking fullback or what, how, how was that experience? Yeah, honestly, it's, I feel like being in Nigeria, I've played left back more than I have centre back. I think, to be fair, it feels like I've rarely played centre back, I'll be honest. Um, which when I first was told I was playing left back, I was so nervous because when it's something that you're not, like I've known centre back, like I signed my first professional contract as a centre-back, you know, like, and I, I grew up playing as a winger and then I ended up moving to full-back in college, but that was like college and I did it for like a year or two, you know, but like in the professional game, I've always been a centre-back, but yeah, when I was told I was left-back, I was so nervous, um, but I almost, I'm just like, you know, people can tell you to play different ways or whatever, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of just like, mold I know my own body and I know my strengths and weaknesses so I kind of am almost yeah I'm transitioning to left back but it I just kind of I try and play me in in the position if that makes sense but yeah it's um obviously it's not something I ever play at club so I don't necessarily get the <laughs> get the practice but I feel like I've played probably enough games now in Nigeria to know that like I can play there and like you said, it depends on that. I'm a kind of an all or nothing kind of player. So to be fair, when I've been in training, like at Leicester, for example, in small sided games, I like to be up top. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I don't know. I I could be, I do like to get, I do like to attack. Like being a centre-back, it's not all just about defending. Like I love having the ball. I love going up for corners and things. And with left-back, I think sometimes I can get carried away because I want to be joining in the attack. And then you remember you've got to do a blooming 50-yard recovery run but the end of the day it's it is fun it is fun looking forward to that surprise selection of you up front as you said Ashwala, no thank you <laughs> yeah that's definitely not you got ashley happen. now up front <laughs> 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 but I, I mean looking now we're just a few days out from the world cup you know you, you're talking about being kind of an underdog that that game against morocco was probably the first time in in African history that Nigeria was actually considered potentially the underdog in a match. Um, but that might not be the case at the World Cup. I mean, looking at this group, I would definitely say it's the group of death. Nigeria, Republic of Ireland hosts Australia. And of course, your first match is against Olympic champions, Canada. You know, going into that match, how how has that been preparing? Because, you know, WAFCON is one thing, and in terms of the atmosphere and fans, that's probably even better than World Cup, as we've said. But in terms of the magnitude of the games, you've got the World Cup coming, and you're playing, you know, some of the very best players in the world. You know, how have you guys been preparing? How are you feeling, kind of ahead of it? Yeah, it's um, it's still kind of crazy to think like we're here. You know, I think what are we now almost like ten, 
yeah, like next week we'll be we'll playing the game. But we've had, especially while we've been here, um, we've been prepping for prepping for the first game, and we've been quite like let's just say methodical in that sense. Like everybody's like I've been able to watch some of Canada's games. I'm familiar with a couple of a couple of their players. I think a couple of them play in the WSL, so I've come up against a few of them. Like I said, not that that necessarily means that I'm fully prepared. Like for, I always think football is football, but um, yeah, I definitely know how much of a good team they are. But I think the one, well, I guess the one thing that's a positive for us is that we've actually, we played them in a friendly last year and we played them twice. And I think we gave them a good go. I think, well, the second game we ended up drawing with them. Um, and we actually felt like we, we could have got the win in that game. So um, and at that time as well, we were missing a, a couple of players that are now here mm-hmm. on camp. So um, I think Canada will probably be thinking about that almost like, you know, they've played us before, but they know it's not going to be an easy running because um, we've got a result against them uh, previously. So, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a really good matchup. And obviously, um, like you said, I feel like our group is very, very competitive. I mean, even like Ireland being the debutantes in the group I mean that is I just don't feel like they're a team to under, underestimate either because I think similar to us they have a lot of fight and spirit in their team to the point where you know they put everything on the line to try and get a result so mm. yeah there's definitely not going to be an easy game that's for sure yeah I, I, I totally agree I think Republic of Ireland are you know going to be really really good side as well mm-hmm. and I, I, one of the other interesting things about this this group is you know in playing australia obviously you're, you're playing the host but also you'll be playing potentially lining up against uh courtney nevin who's obviously a teammate from Leicester. i don't think that's ever happened to you before playing against kind of a club teammate at an international level is there mm-hmm. you know have you guys been chatting is there some excitement to doing that or is you know is she at you know enemy number public enemy number one now ignoring her kind of fully focused you know she's the um, enemy now that she's the Australian not the Leicester City player. You know what? Honestly, I haven't really since she's because she's been on camp. I think she left Australia before I came here, and I haven't spoken to her much. And that's not because you know we're playing one another or anything. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like we've kind of been in our own zone, but. Obviously, Nev and I have a really good relationship because at club, we always played next to each other because obviously she's left back, I'm centre back. And um, I think we know how one another play, which is interesting. I mean, I'm trying to think she would probably be on the other side, you know. Like I would love I would love to be up against Nev. I love her. <laughs> she's a great human being and a, a great player. But yeah, there's no... I think if she messaged me now, I would definitely... Like I wouldn't, you know, be like, okay, we're on our own national teams. Like I'm not going to mm. talk to you now. Like I'm not, I'm kind of like that. Like I'm even the, so it's a bit controversial. Like some people don't like to talk to their, you know, their friends or for a game or whatever, but it, that, for me, that doesn't change how I play, but no, that would be really exciting. I mean, we played New Zealand in a friendly a couple of months ago. Um, so I didn't play. I was trying to like look after my injury. And then um, my CJ uh, mm-hmm. at Leicester was also meant to be there. And we were talking for so long before the camp, like, oh, I can't wait to be like up against one another because she's a right back and I'll be on the left side. But then in the end, she didn't go to camp. So that was unfortunate. So it's nice that now 
like I can actually be against somebody somebody that I've you know played with all year yeah I mean I'm I'm really looking forward to suddenly seeing you appear right back because you put in a request to coach to kind of say yeah. it right back for, for this Australia game I, I want to be bombing down the the wing and, and getting at her <laughs> The, the other, so that kind of on top of that, the other thing, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, and I'm sure you as a good professional with your media training will tell me that you're thinking of one game at a time. But if you get out of this group, which is kind of going to be a huge task because it's such, as we talked about, such a difficult group, but there is a very, very strong chance, I believe, that you would then play England in the round of 16. You know, what? how would you feel if you got the chance to play against England at a World Cup? How? What? Yeah, just run me through that. Uh, honestly, I would love that. I was literally, before I came here, I was thinking about that because my stepmom has the Panini like sticker book. And oh, she's yeah. Been buying every day before I came out here, she was like going to co-op and buying like the little packs because she just so desperately wants to get me. And she was like going through all of like the, um, like Group B and whatever, and then she was like, "Oh, so the runners up would play the winners of Group D." I think something like that. And mm -hmm. she was like, "That could be England." And I was like, "Oh my goodness, that because a lot of the girls at England, let's say like my age group, was like Chloe Kelly, Alessia Russo, Lotta Ubermoy, George Samway, mm -hmm. like." Leah, even Kira Walsh, they're a year older, but Alessi was like a year younger. So a lot of them I know and I played with and, you know, I still like a couple of them, I'll send messages every so often. Um, and all like, they're all great, honestly, great people, but I would love that experience. Like if I could be, obviously I've played up against, I don't know, Rachel Daly and Alessia Russo at at club but to be able to play mm -hmm. against them at international level would be so so cool that would just be yeah um it would, it would feel really strange in a way because it's like you know I used to play with these girls when I was in an England shirt you know yeah. to now be up against them I would honestly I would love for that to happen that would be kind of the ultimate, I don't know, I don't want to say revenge story, but kind of, yeah, story of coming back and beating them. I think that would be the best thing ever. I, I'm, yeah, I pray and hope that that is what happens. Um, kind of, thank you so much, Ashley, for your time. My last question is, last year at the Men's World Cup, we saw for the first time a Morocco and an African team get to the semifinals. Now in the women's game, Nigeria, the only ones who've been, even been to the quarterfinals. We've had South Africa and Cameroon re reach the round of 16. But how hopeful are you? How confident are you that we're going to see Nigeria or another African team break mm -hmm. that barrier, get to the semifinals, maybe even final, maybe even win it? What? How confident are you in, in your team and in, in this Nigeria team, but also kind of our other three teams that are in, in the tournament? Yeah, honestly... I am so rooting for Africa as a whole. Like when I saw Zambia beat Germany the other day, I think all Incredible. of us on the team we were talking about, like we were so, so happy. I just feel like, in all honesty, I think in certain areas of the world, there are like huge strides in investment and development. Um, and I think not everywhere in the world is that happening. But I feel like that, like to be able to get almost like the respect you almost need to win to get that. Not necessarily, that's not necessarily how it should be, but 
to actually get the respect, like Zambia beating Germany, almost like it sets off alarm bells. I mean, like these teams have incredible players, but don't necessarily get the respect that they deserve. So I'm, I have a friend, Rosella Ayan at Tottenham. Mm -hmm. She obviously plays for Morocco. And we were talking to each other a lot during AFCON. And honestly, I sent her a message before when she was leaving, just like wishing her luck and stuff. Because obviously if we came up against those kind of teams, you know, obviously we'd want to win. But at the end of the day, like, we're not just like I'm not just representing Nigeria. I'm here as part of like an African nation, you know. So I just I really hope that to answer your question, I mean, like I said, I never say where I think we're going to end up or whatever. I think ultimately, whatever happen, whatever results happen, are almost like meant to happen. Um, so I'm hoping we get as far as we can. We have a very very talented team, and obviously in football, anything can happen. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that honestly we can cause some upsets initially and then with those upsets see how far we can go I don't know I've said this to everybody I've kind of done an interview with is like I haven't put like a specific target I just want us to be able to like reach our potential at this time and um, I'd love to cause upsets I love that so I love like being mm -hmm. an underdog to cause an upset and then see where that takes us and that's really interesting what you're saying because for us kind of covering cover a lot of these games and matches those games like you know that zambia win against germany that's such a big deal to us kind of covering it but is that is the same for players you got you know you guys are kind of talking about it saying like this yeah. is incredible mm -hmm. that's really interesting i, yeah, I love to no, hear definitely. that definitely i mean like it's always something that you know like when they did win it's all over social media because people are like what, this isn't meant to happen and then people throw out the stats like people love a statistic on like this is where germany are in the world rankings and this mm -hmm. is where Zambia are in the world rankings but sometimes i'm like honestly sometimes i'm just like screw the figures screw the you know like let's just evaluate and look and observe and appreciate some great football some great individual players and not have to like match them up with a number you know like mm -hmm. Gosh, let's respect the the brilliant counter attacking goal from Zambia to win it in whatever it was like. Was it added Maybe time? plus twelve or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's what football is all about, isn't it? So no, it's exciting. And it's re really interesting you say that because even us, we we're speaking. We interviewed uh, South Africa's coach Desiree Ellis um, ahead of the tournament as well. And one of the things she was saying that as a as an African team, it's so hard to get the respect of other countries and to build up your reputation because because we're most teams are ranked lower than they should be when you play competitively you don't play against high ranked teams so kind of even though in my book you know south africa and nigeria are definitely in the kind of top 20 teams in the world because you know of the way in which african teams have historically been ranked lower it's so much harder to build up that reputation and kind of yeah, uh, yeah i think there's so much importance to to kind of breaking those kind of barriers and we saw it kind of zambia again doing it at the, the olympics barbara banda obviously scoring that double hat trick and then now we're seeing other players like you know rachel kundananji and stuff like that and so i think yeah and and i think that's so powerful kind of breaking that and hopefully we'll be seeing some more of that at, at the world cup with you guys as well as as well as the other three nations well ashley thank you so much for speaking to us um, it's been brilliant talking to you and hearing a bit more about your journey and the kind of how 
exciting you are it is to be at the world cup and how we're how excited we are for you guys to to be at the world cup and we are fully fully behind you guys um as well as our other three african countries we, we don't show that much bias we, we have to split our loyalties uh but we cannot wait to to see you whether you're center back or at left back we can't wait to see that you in that first match thanks so much